This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. But Warthog, he's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Command Center in the piney woods of North Central Florida in the Melton Law Studio. Melton Law is the well, it's the only official law partner of the Florida Gators, and it won't back down. It's got 50 years of experience, along with crime prevention. You worry less with crime prevention security systems. You can use the system for preventing package theft, for example, with the doorbell system. You can contact them today at cpss.net. And, of course, our frequently viewed mugshots are brought to us by Maurice T. McDaniel, our good friend, lawyer in High Springs, who is a former deputy. He is also Special Forces Airborne and a farmer. So he's a jack of all trades. And he's our guy who sponsors the mugshots. You always want to contact him if you need any kind of criminal law help, wills, things like that. Great uh, fan of the show. I also want to give a shout out to a longtime fan of the show, whom I had opportunity yesterday to visit because I needed my tire fixed. I had a screw of all things in my tire and I needed to have a, uh, a patch put in my tire. And I visited my good friend, Dennis Funkhauser at a Funkhauser Tires in Alachua. And if you wanna meet somebody who has probably forgotten more about tires than most people will ever know, you wanna to go to Funkhauser Tire and uh, get Mr. Funkhauser's opinion. He's been there for 57 years at the corner of 241 and 441 in Alachua. He's a great fan of the show and I wanna give a shout out to him for his support and his uh, real concern about what's going on in this world we live in. And I've got a lot of things to bring you up to date here locally right now that uh, really will make you wanna probably move out of Gainesville. I mean, those of us who are out of Gainesville really don't go into Gainesville much more than we have to. So I want to begin, of course, with something that I wish I didn't have to begin with. And um, that is uh, um, something which you may have heard about here uh, in this Alachua County community. And that is a garage shooting in downtown Gainesville. Now, you know, let's, let's, let's call time out here a minute and talk about downtown Gainesville. As I said yesterday, downtown Gainesville probably can never get off the ground because it's got a couple of things down there that don't help it. One is all the government offices, uh, which go to sleep at night. Uh, they don't produce anything. They shuffle papers. They store files. Uh, maybe they go out to lunch. Very seldomly would they go out to supper, uh, dinner. Uh, once they leave downtown, they don't come back. They take up an enormous footprint of downtown Gainesville. And then, of course, you have um, the fact that you can't park anywhere. So to attempt to alleviate that parking problem, uh, they created garages, parking garages, cavernous, dark, poorly policed, if at all, places where you park your car day or night. Let me just tell you very candidly, they're dangerous. And some, for some of us who have been coming, I'm just going to use one uh, reason I come to downtown Gainesville, and I'm, I'm sad to say this, but I'm going to have to say it in a minute. Uh, I come to Hippodrome to see the plays, but I think those days are over. Uh, unfortunately, um, for those of us who care about our well-being, who don't want to get caught in a crossfire, you come to the Hippodrome. I'm just going to talk about the Hippodrome because most of the bars are downtown student bars, student bars. And um, other than that, you have, as I say, government agencies. And then you have the Hippodrome, which is in the old Gainesville 
area where the post office was located, a magnificent structure. I want to applaud the people who have rehabilitated that structure. And I want to applaud, of course, the Hippodrome people. It's sad to say what I'm going to say, but I have to listen to my wife. So uh, I would sometimes go, of course, to the Hippodrome. I've interviewed the Hippodrome people on the air. Um, I'm a big supporter of theirs. Um, but after this garage shooting downtown yesterday, uh, my wife said no more. We, you know, we can't go downtown. It's too dangerous. And I got to tell you that, um, you know, she's not timid. She's not a timid person. She goes quite frequently places where, you know, you would think somebody wouldn't go. That's not the issue. If you have to go into these cavernous uh, garage parking lots at night that are poorly lit, that are never patrolled. And so what if they would be? You couldn't patrol every floor. And you're taking really some risks that people just don't enjoy taking at this stage of their lives. Um, you, you just don't put people in that kind of situation. I don't care how many parking garages you build. So there was apparently yet again, you know, the gangs are the issue. Now, let's let's move over here and talk for a moment. because We can't talk about this without talking about Tony, the inept um, chief of police, who was for some strange reason. Uh, given a cush job, I don't know what he does, uh, you know, whatever it is, it's in Gainesville, city government, moved out of there, Lonnie Scott moved in, you don't ever peep out of him, and the, um, he's now the chief. Then you have uh, uh, Brian Kramer, who's not yet dry behind the ears, the state attorney saying he's going to team up with these characters and form this big task force on crime. A lot of rhetoric, a lot of boo And then you've got, of course, trying to um, either put his finger in the dike or pull the plug out of the dike. You've got Derry the Mole Lloyd. Now, Derry the Mole Lloyd grew up with all these people uh, in the hood with them. And, uh, you know, we've had some things here happen that should never have happened. We had a rap concert. And I swear, if it had been properly investigated, you would have found out probably that it was illegally held. Or one of the city commissioners who also grew up in the hood with these rappers beseeched the city government to Tony Jones being the principal agent of the government, as we understand it. We've got the depositions here. Boy, you talk about doozies. Um, I think I even put them on, on Ward's hot bulletin board. I'll have to check that if they're not, they need to be out there. But, um, you know, this is this is that, that was the beginning of the end there. When you had this rap concert and somebody got plugged out there, and it just turns out Jonathan Corey Smith, I think, was the young man's name. It turns out they all know each other. Derry the Mole Lloyd knows him. Gigi Simmons, uh, I think, was her name, knows him. Uh, Tony and F. Jones knows him. Um, they, they all know each other. You know, the thing goes on. And it goes on on the weekend of homecoming at the University of Florida when there were not enough cops to go out there and take care of things properly. So Jones had to go out there himself, pull some captains off duty. You know how much they love that. I first got this tip of uh, behind a building down uh, uh, on 13th across from the, well, in the old Gainesville shopping center. I, I, I met a, 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 a cop down there who, who knew the story and who was very, very reluctant to be identified, never has been identified. And told me you wouldn't believe what happened. Oh, uh, this was never, according to Hoyle, it should never have happened. It should never have taken place. And yet it took place. So here we go. We've got lousy policing going on at GPD. They, they, uh, uh, by, by, for the public anyway, because the public doesn't feel safe. There are bums out onto the homeless and the hungry. I'm sorry. Harvey Ward now calls them the houseless. So we have the houseless. Still, even though we have a, uh, some kind of moratorium on the houseless begging at the intersections, begging at the intersections, no policing of that. So why even pass the ordinance? Or why even have the policy? This is all on the public mind. The general decay of the Janesville community is heavily on the public mind. Believe me, I hear it all the time and I don't live there. So I hear it because people think of me as Mr. Media. I've been called Mr. Media. I've been called Socrates. 
our own Socrates. Uh, of course, the blacks call me the racist. Uh, and they're the racist. Oh, you know, they're just black racists, you know. And so, so you know, yeah, it's okay. It's all with the territory. But the facts remain. The facts remain that you now have people who are overtly expressing they're not going downtown anymore because these gangs are not diminishing. They're proliferating. Uh, there are more and more of these shootings, more and more uh, of these confrontations between these young fatherless males. All right. That's basically what you have. If you do the demographics on them and we do the rap sheets on them, we know what's going on. Uh, you see the, the whole uh, system is porous. So you've got a situation where I think you're going to have to stick a fork in downtown Gainesville. Now, that's not to say that some people won't go down there and have lunch. You already are working there, but I ain't going down there. And I dang sure ain't going down there at night. Now, once upon a time, when I was a strapping youth, it wouldn't have bothered me. But you, know, you get around in your elderly years and you're walking with a cane or whatever these people are doing, and you don't feel like being knocked down by some kid who is uh, being uh, uh, not just unruly, but shooting and you're caught in a crossfire. Evidently, in this particular crossfire, some innocent bystander's car got a bullet hole in it. And, you know, you, that's it. That's enough. That's enough. That's where we are with downtown Gainesville. Stick a fork and down. I'm sorry, Hippodrome. I really, uh, really think this is unfortunate, but it ain't going to happen. OK, uh, it, it's just too dangerous. So and I don't see the possibility with with Brian not yet drive behind the ears, Kramer and and Derry the Mole Lloyd and Tony the Imp, Inep Jones and Lonnie the Silent Scott. I don't see any of this ever much changing. If they're doing some run silent, run deep stuff, we would know about it because I'm on the board of Crime Stoppers and I'm not hearing it. I'm not I'm not hearing it. OK, we would hear it. It'd come our way. I deliberately want to be involved with uh, Crime Stoppers. I deliberately want to be involved with the mugshots because I want to see exactly What's going on here, aside from the public coverage of this by the Gainesville Sunset, if there is any, and I assure you that there, you know, this is just the most uh, outlandish thing to shoot out. They're still roaming the streets. They're still roaming the territories. So I don't see anything to, to uh, defer it. I don't see anything to uh, 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 discourage it. Uh, there's all these excuses. Uh, the Gainesville City Pol uh, Commission has chosen to, to uh, besmirch the cops and, and, and uh, defund the cops. And uh, Sanko, the communist commissioner from Cuba, who thinks she knows it all. Boy, you talk about an arrogant woman. Um, she wants to take away the helicopters and take away. She doesn't see the reason why the cops should be militarized. Well, her running her yak up there. Well, you know, if I'm on the streets and I'm a, I'm a kid carrying a, I, I just think I laugh. Well, I know that she ain't got no sense. She doesn't know what's going on. So I got that person. Then I got the poodle. Um, and then, you know, on top of this, let me just give you the, the take on the streets. OK, you know, the Ward Scott Files has a lot of research assistants. All right. They're, you, you are the research assistants. You're the students who feed me the information, who contact me, who ask me to think about this or think about that. This whole business uh, about Cynthia, the mother of Christopher, the debarred permanently uh, chestnut, uh, is advocating a sports complex in East Gainesville. The, the book on the street is that will be a home place for rap concerts. OK, you're not going to have sports. You're going to have rap concerts. All right. Let me get this picture. We're going to be in East Gainesville with a so-called sports complex. We've already got gangs, which uh, nobody in the power structure of Gainesville seems to be able to touch. Uh, so we got gangs. Now we got a place for loitering and hanging out. And guess what? We got a place for rap concerts. Rap concerts, if you go take a look at them, you know, and I'll stand corrected if somebody wants to correct me, are, a, are, are like a nectar to a hummingbird. I mean, everybody comes to this stuff to hear the filthy language. Uh, to do the twerk or whatever it is they do, and to carry guns. We had a shooting up in Waldo, unsolved. Okay, you know, everywhere you go, you better be looking over your shoulder. Now you have to look over your shoulder in downtown Gainesville. So 
this is the way it is shaping up. It is shaping up as a combat zone. It's shaping up as a place to stay away from unless you absolutely have to go down there for government business. And then you go down there at daytime and let them put up computerized parking meters. It makes all that does is even run people off all the more. I think the best thing they can do with the government is put branch government offices out here where people are. And then you'll really see it dry up. We've got some tax collector offices out in the remote hinterlands from downtown. They work fine. Uh, we need to do maybe some more of that and just let the big monolithic buildings uh, fall in upon themselves or maybe make them a hotel for the houseless. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should turn the county courthouse uh, into a hotel for the houseless. You know, when we laid the... Uh, the, the structure out for Santa Fe College, which is out on 83rd Street. We watched uh, where the people walked, and then that's where we put the sidewalks. We didn't put the sidewalk someplace and then make the people walk there. So that's the way it really is done most effectively, in my humble opinion. As you know, I'm never wrong. So let's take it as it is. If downtown... Gainesville is going to be the hub of crime and houselessness. Let's just turn it into that. And let's move all the other structures out and let's let that place have its way. I don't know what else you can say. Uh, you're building all these high six story student. I call, call them egg crates, egg cartons. You're building all these egg cartons along uh, uh, university all the way to downtown. They're just going to create big canyons and big dense. The people want density. Well, when you pile all these people up in density, then you're piling up trouble. And that's the way it's going to go. So I don't see any way for Gainesville to get any better. I think, you know, it's populated by the 1947 arrival of the UFO by the Lake of the Stupids, where it dumped out the DNA that formed the population of Gainesville, Florida, and its commissioners and, and its, eight, its government officials. So that maybe explains it. And I now I understand that Congress is seriously investigating UFO claims. Good luck. The UFO creatures have got more sense than we've got, I'm sure, or they wouldn't be UFO creatures. So uh, I think that, that, that the, the, the homo sapien would be better left studying itself rather than trying to study extraterrestrial life. Because obviously if extraterrestrial life is extraterrestrial life, by definition, it hasn't suffered the limitations of homo sapiens. So uh, that's one story here locally to report to you that I think is a sad story to have to say. It is, it is unfortunate that, that that's what it's come to. But I can tell you that I trust particularly the women, when the women come to me and say, even with you on my arm, you manly stud you, heavily armed, by the way, at all times, with uh, legal concealed weapon permits, heavily armed, um, still, nevertheless, hey, I still don't feel safe with you on my arm because you'll be outgunned in a shootout in the uh, OK Corral um, parking garages downtown. There was a moment not too long ago when uh, I encountered a group like this and had to think to myself, well, there's more than, and I ain't got that many magazines. So uh, we'll just, we'll just see what happens. Well, thankfully we passed each other peacefully, but each eyed the other warily. And I, th I, th I thought then, you know, this is just a ticking time bomb. I don't need to be involved in this. I don't need to be around this. Uh, but I hadn't, uh, pardon the pun, pulled the trigger yet to, to, to get out of downtown. Um, but I think now if the women come to me and say, I don't feel as comfortable even with you, with me, uh, then, then uh, uh, you know, we're out of there. So that's, that's, that's my story on downtown, downtown Gainesville. And you can, I think you can stick a fork in it. Certainly can for a lot of people I know. Now, I'm going to give you an update on the uh, county inmates who've been charged with 
the voter beep. And uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, we have um, still got one who is Scott Free, and he is liared up. His name is John B. Rivers. He was serving 19 months for battery as an active warrant. And he ain't coming in without a liar. And he's still out there, scot-free. They haven't been able to catch him with a warrant yet. But now we have uh, a body count for you. We have uh, uh, now um, just recently picked up another uh, one of the perjurers. That's what they're guilty of. We have picked up, we, I say, the, well, the law was forced to do it by our investigation. Otherwise, it would never, ever, ever. Kim Barton would never not only not squeal on herself, she wouldn't even have known there was anything to squeal on. Just think about that. If we had not worked on this case, Barton wouldn't even known it existed. We're not making any money. We're running, I guarantee you, we're running on fumes, okay? We're running on fumes. We appreciate the donors. We appreciate the sponsors. You ought to patronize these sponsors. They're courageous guys. They come out publicly and support us. I mean, they say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm for this show. I'm for what these people are doing. And and uh, I'm a business and I'm a darn strong business. And you're not going to mess with me. And I'm here to stay. Shoot GTR is one of my sponsors now. Really like those guys. That's the gun range. Uh, hey, yeah, let it fall, man. We got a war we're fighting here. We got a, a disinformation. Uh, we've got all kinds of things that I'm going to get into that if I got time after the bottom of the hour break. It's a whole story in itself. But I got to cover you for right now what's going on here locally. So we have got uh, uh, we have got a guy who has just been um, picked up. Um, he's um, Leroy James Ross. Okay, uh, sixty-three years old, black male. He's got three charges: perjury, false swear oath, affirm or procure, a fraud, beep, election voting, and perjury, false swear oath. And that's 25k uh, bond piece. So he has 75,000 bond because now this is listen. T.J. Pichet signed these guys up. This is what he signed up. Okay, and he assumed, did he or did he not? That the fellow, let's just take the case of Leroy James Ross. He assumed that Leroy James Ross would tell him, huh? I can't sign that board. Leroy James Ross has eight felonies and 30 misdemeanors. And one of the fellows who watches this show regularly, who is, I think, a former FDLE agent, asked why we don't see the testimony in Moran. Hey, the FDLE has it all redacted right now. We can't see uh, a lot of the uh, actual reports because the FDLE has it redacted. So all but one of these guys is now behind bars. Seven are still in state prisons. All right. Seven are still in state prisons. What in the world are you trying to convince me you did? Supervisor elections. You're trying to convince me that see no evil, hear no evil, and the onus is on them, not on us. We don't have to, you know, it'd be one thing if you were signing somebody up at the office, but you're actually going into the jug. You're actually going into the jug. I know the camoufl camouflage are calling it outreach. If this is outreach, boy, I'm telling you, the English language needs to be redefined. So, Kelvin Bolton, who's a fellow we've already talked about, he has 20 felonies. He has 30 misdemeanors. He's a habitual offender. Are you trying to tell me that you went into the Lachua County Jail and assumed these guys just all were staying there for the night like it was a Bed and breakfast or Airbnb? What in the world are you trying to convince us of? I mean, you know, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts that anybody would dare to try to foster this, perpetrate this hoax on mankind. 
You, I have all the I have all the rap sheets for all these people. Thanks to to the uh, uh, digital investigator. Okay, let me just run through this stuff. There's an artist Xavier. Um, there's a Robert Daniels, Xavier artist, I guess. Xavier artist. Uh, um, these guys, Arthur Lang, he's serving four years already for theft and trafficking and stolen property. Uh, Henry T. Schuler is serving six and a half years for robbery. Christopher T. Wiggins is serving 11 years for robbery with a gun. Huh? Dedrick Baldwin is serving 12 years for homicide. Homicide. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to say about. I don't want to say about the culture today. It is. It is just filled with ineptness. The county commission is probably the worst county commission we've ever had. I mean, they're really stumbling around in the dark up there, talking about these things like, well, you know, you. you this pesticide on this plant, you know, poison the water two counties down. I mean, that's the level at they, which they discuss things. You go over to the city and you got the boy named Lauren and his cacophony of echoing chamber. I don't I've run out of language for them. You know, talking about people being houseless. It, it, it is really, really sad. And you got about at the most 15% of people voting. They've given up. They've given up. You got the physical, physical irresponsibility of running a city. They don't even talk about it. They don't even know where to begin. They don't even have records to audit. Well, everybody's fine because you see, if you really look at it, nobody much is going downtown anymore. Nobody much cares. Everything's going west, is it not? Everything is going west. I call that not white flight. I just call that flee from ineptness. Fleeing from ineptness. So, I mean, you know, come on. Let's let's stop kidding ourselves here. Let's stop kidding ourselves of what's going on here. Uh, on, on an interesting note, Nathan Scop has declared to run for an eighth judicial judge position. Um, Nathan Scop is the fellow who is always been a, uh, a, a, a burr under the saddle of the Gainesville City Commission, tried to keep them honest, tried to keep them straight. Of course, they've tried to hound him out of the place. He is a very bright man. He's an aeronautical engineer as well as an attorney, as well as a master's degree and some, uh, you know, he's kind, of kind of a nerd in a way and that he keeps studying things, but he's got that kind of mind that does that. And he's declared to be uh, run for judge. And uh, the thing about him is, is he's, he's certainly bright enough. Uh, he certainly has experience in, in digging out what is so and what isn't so. So I thought I'd put that in. You know his name. Uh, uh, he's, um, there's four people in that race, so it's going to be a little bit of a dogfight. But he declared at the last minute. So Nathan Scott, you've heard that name. Uh, you've uh, seen it about um, the Gainesville Sunset. Uh, you know that he's an irritant to the Gainesville City Commission, which probably alone ought to qualify him for something. Um, and that is, that's uh, something locally I need to let you know about. So we're going to take a break. Um, um, by the way, just to follow up on the sports uh, world a little bit, there's an article out now that uh, boreball, baseball attendance is tanking. Um, nobody's watching this stuff. And, um, you, know, it, it, you know, I don't know if they're going to revise their game and speed it up and uh, make it more interesting. But right now, um, viewership on the baseball, Major League Baseball is tanking. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files after we thank our sponsors and uh, uh, talk a little bit about the Supreme Court. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, 
R&R construction, and style cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. A warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. Wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here, and back with my students. Um, thank you for hanging on through the break and. Uh, Patronize on the spot cleaner. I tell you what, they're great folks, and uh, I really appreciate their support and uh, support and all they do for the show and our community. Um, Got to let you know a little bit now about something that's probably the story about the story is bigger than the story. Does that make sense to you? The story is leaking out now, and I literally mean leaking out that the Supreme Court is getting ready to overturn Roe versus Wade. It's not so much that Supreme Court could overturn Roe versus Wade. They've talked about this for years. It is the fact that it has been leaked that they're going to, because there's already been a draft written for them to consider before they take a vote. So this is called Justice Samuel Alito's draft opinion. Now, the concern is that it's out in the public already. So, who the Liga? Who the Liga? And there's a couple of interesting twists I've been reading about this. If the Liga is a liberal, the liberal is doing it to sort of perhaps lay the groundwork for an invalid vote by the Supreme Court or to back them off a vote on it because their thinking has already been shared with the public. So I'm trying to imagine why the Liga might be a liberal somewhere along the staff food chain, the clerks and all that work around these judges. Somebody be the Liga who really is close to the pulse of the, of the court. Or it's a conservative who just can't wait until the vote is taken. I find it less plausible that it would be a conservative and more plausible that it would be a liberal because the liberals have been doing this type of stuff all the way back to Obama. Obama started this manipulation of the press. He started this misinformation, disinformation the most famous of which was, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Oh, really? That was the farthest thing from truth, furthest, since it's immeasurable distance, furthest thing from truth you can get. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Oh, really? Big lie. Perpetrated on mankind, aided and abetted by the press and all the attendees. Well, I think it was probably leaked by a liberal. But I have always found it difficult, excuse me, I've always found it difficult, and I haven't been able to find it, where, unless 
one of the constitutionalists out here who watches the show knows where it is. That abortion is a constitutional right. It, it is it's lit, abortion. The word abortion. I haven't been able to find it in the Constitution. Now, maybe I'm not smart enough to find it or maybe it's expressed a different way. But then we're back to my old test. I always used to give my students. Please simply tell me. Why the following is what the answer is to the following, and that is the cat stepped into the pit of the empty flower pot. And I have heard over the years in poetry classes more crap about that. More crap about that. When they when people see the word pit, oh my God, don't you see that? That means hell. The cat is stepping into hell. This is the way the mind works, I think, that finds abortion in the Constitution. Now, why did the cat step into the pit of the empty flower pot? The cat stepped into the pit to keep from tipping the flower pot over. It's as simple as that. And I have been presiding over these discussions, asking that question for 40 years. As a professor. And never did I get that answer. That I can recall, maybe once upon a time somewhere, there was a student who just got it. But more often than not, that student couldn't explain to you how and why he or she got it. It's written that way deliberately by William Carlos Williams because Williams Carlos Williams thought there was poetry in the most subtle of things. That's about as subtle an action as you can get. So we've got a bunch of people who can't read William Carlos Williams' poem. I'm probably going to pull it. Hang on. I'm probably. I've done it before and I've read it before, but I've got it here in my midnight auto yard. I just have to find it here with you because of here it is. Here it goes. Now, my friends. Here it is. William Carlos Williams was a medical doctor. Medicine was easy compared to writing poetry. As the cat climbed over the top of the jam closet, first the right forefoot carefully, then the hind stepped down into the pit of the empty flower pot. That's the poem, huh? So what then begins the process of being a liberal judge? These students act like liberal judges. They start reading everything into that. They don't understand it, so they start reading in their meaning what it has to mean. Well, it has to mean that, you know, don't you see that the jam closet is the frame of box of life. I've heard everything. The box of life and, you know, you know, and, you know the jam is the sweetness of the, and they go off down a trail and they believe it. So here, apparently, in the leak document are 10 important passages. This has come out of Politico and Josh Gerstein, okay? 10 important passages in the draft opinion, which has been leaked, which I think has been leaked, which is a huge story, because if you start leaking stuff out of the Supreme Court, uh, private discussions before they've made up their mind. This is not like the meetings before the meetings with the Alachua uh, 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 Co County Commission were years ago. Then you're not going to be able to, these judges, you know, these judges are humans too. They're scared to death of, of, of being ostracized or they are. They're just, they, they, most, most, most don't have the, 
the, the courage and toughness of a Clarence Thomas. Uh, some of them do, but not all, not, particularly the ones appointed by the left. They're very malleable. So here is here are 10 important passages in the draft opinion. Quote, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution, Constitution makes no reference to abortion. Hello, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. I said that 20 years ago, or however. Come on. Did it take the Supremes to finally come around to old Professor Warthog's position? Second point. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Well, no kidding. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. It's time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. Huh? 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 Wow. Wow. And are you telling me that those liberal women on that doggone court are going to stand for this? We'll see what the vote comes out. In the years prior to Roe Ro versus Wade, about a third of the states had liberalized their laws, but Roe abruptly ended that political process. It imposed the same highly restrictive regime on the entire nation, and it effectively struck down the abortion laws of every single state. It represented the, the exercise of raw judicial power, and it sparked a national controversy that has embittered our political culture for half a century. So the court is complaining about political intrusion by the court into rights that should be and are constitutionally the states. Wow. You know what this is a result of? You know what this is a result of? This is a result of Trump. Hey. Hey. Go back and think about it. You know, people love comfort in numbers. You know, they don't want to do anything until they feel like somebody agrees with them and, and they'll do it. Well, I'll wait and see what John does. And then John does it, I'll do it. Uh, you know, and they wait till, you know, they don't have enough nerve themselves. So they wait until they get people around them. Well, John and Bill and Mary, they'll, okay, I guess I'll do it. If they're going to go, then I'll go too. I'm not going to go if they don't go. A lot, a lot of people like that. So you think back to this. Another point here in the leaked draft opinion, according to Politico and Josh Gerstein, the inescapable conclusion is that a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. On the contrary, an unbroken tradition of prohibiting abortion on pain of criminal punishment persisted from the earliest days of the common law until 1973. That's interesting. Any revision of the Constitution by the courts or reading into why the cat stepped into the pit of the empty flower pot must fit the traditions of the country is the syllogism I hear there. If this is so, then that's so. And if that's so, then this is the so. Those are syllogisms. Now, stay awake in the back row there, your hat on backwards. This is maybe over your head right now, but when you grow up, you'll understand what we're talking about. 
I, I can't tell you how many times I had to say that in, in class. And then a kid would come back two or three years later and say, you know, I'm just now understanding what you were talking about. That's kind of like it is here. Why is it taking all this time for the Supreme Court to understand that it's not in the Constitution? I don't know. I can well, I do know. It's because people interpret words. I'm just giving you an example. The pit of the empty flower pot. It's not just a flower pot. It's a bottom of the pit of life. And, oh, God, there's fire down there in the depth. You know, I remember a, a lady sitting next to me in class. It was Dr. Walker's class, Byron Walker. I looked at her. I thought, oh, my God. You know, this woman certainly is not going to be a governor someday, is she? Anyway, in some states, it's another bulleted point in the draft leaked opinion. In some states, voters may believe that the abortion right should be more even extensive than the right Casey and Roe recognized. In other words, it should be liberal as can be. Voters in other states may wish to impose tight restrictions based on their belief that abortion destroys an unborn human being. Our nation's historical understanding of ordered liberty does not prevent the people's elected representatives from deciding how abortion should be regulated. So the Supreme Court's getting ready to kick it back to the states. And they're not going to be a, if this is so, there's not going to be a universal federal law that supersedes anything the states want to do. Another point. We have long recognized, however, uh, that this stereodesis, I think, decisis, is not an inexorable command. And it, at its weakest when we interpret the Constitution. Okay? It's at its weakest when we interpret the Constitution. Yes, there you are. It's at its weakest when the lady says, uh, geez, you know, um, it must be the pit of hell that we're talking about here. Um, the doctrine that rules principles of law on which a court rested a previous decision are authoritative in all future cases when the facts are substantially the same. Okay, so this is one, something we've talked about already about lawyers and liars and things. They go looking for precedents. But the Supreme Court is saying precedents are not a command that you can, that you must adhere to. Because they could be wrong and unexamined. Well, that's kind of that's kind of uh, that's kind of that, that that to me is one of the most interesting points of the of the uh, opinion here, the, the leaked opinion. Hey, don't rely on precedents too much. Okay, it has been said. This bullet says that it is sometimes more important that an issue be settled than it be settled right. But when it comes to the interpretation of the Constitution, the great charter of our liberties, which was meant to endure through a long lapse of ages, we place a high value on having the matter settled right. I'm using my little example of the poem here by William Carlos Williams. If we, if the professor, and I've seen this happen, believe me, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to take time, I'm going to explain something to you. What that means to somebody like me is if I had a class full of interpretations of William Carlos's, Carlos Williams' poem, all of which were wrong, by that I mean none of which was what William Carlos Williams said. And I said, oh, well, they're all valid because all you all are people. And you know, if you're a person, well, your opinion is as valid as the guy's opinion sitting next to you. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that crap. 
No, it's not. If there are no correct opinions in the class, there are no correct opinions. I'm talking about opinions based upon reading an event. Which in this case, I'm using the poem as a model. As a cat climbed over the top of the jam closet, first the right forefoot carefully, then the hind stepped down into the pit of the empty flower pot. The cat didn't want to turn the pot over because the cat had no business being in a jam closet in the first place. That is a that is understood. Or perhaps the cat was looking for the mouse in the jam closet and didn't want the mouse to know it was around. At any event, the cat didn't want to make any, the cat did not want to be detected. That's basically it. The cat did not want to be detected. There's nothing else. You don't read into that. Now, so if I let the students leave that room thinking each one of them had the right interpretation when everyone was wrong, then I'm created the morass that this doggone court apparently is saying has happened with, with abortion. On many other occasions, the court has, this court has overruled important constitutional decisions. In other words, if somebody did reach the wrong opinion in this uh, class, I, the teacher, overruled it. That's what I'm supposed to do. And this bullet says, without these decisions, American constitutional laws, we know it would be unrecognizable. In other words, if you could just read anything you wanted to into why the cat stepped in the pit, then you have chaos. You have total chaos. And the conclusion of this thing is kind of interesting because it's not public yet. It's been leaked. We do not pretend to know how our political system or society will respond to today's decision overruling Roe and Casey. And even if we could foresee what will happen, we would have no authority to let that knowledge influence our decision. We can only do our job, which is to interpret the law, apply longstanding principles of this term. I don't know if this term will say exactly right. I'll, I'll get it in a minute. Stare decisis. Um, uh, I'll get it right. I'll, uh, it's not, I don't use that term, and it's, I'll, I'll get it in a minute. Um, we therefore hold that the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. The Constitution does not uh, defer, uh, confer a right to abortion. Okay? And uh, hold on a minute. See what we got here. I can't get into the program right now. But uh, if I could, I'd take a look and listen to how we say that. But anyway, be it as may, I'll get it right. Um, or I'll, I'll, you know, I'll spank myself for not having it right. Okay. That is the leaked document. That is most interesting. That is the leaked document. Well, 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 it, it seems that that would not have happened without Donald Trump. I want to talk just a moment about the Ministry of Truth again. Um, this is... Um, <laughs> Uh, this is uh, uh, by Jack Schaefer, who's Politico's senior media writer, and uh, he uh, he has talked about this board. But he's more particularly, I want to go to Jeff Pores and the uh, uh, Breitbart, where he's interviewed Mark Levine. And just in a few moments here, I want to go through the points that he has made. Levine, Mark Levine. You see, there's a big lie being told right now that the insurrection and all that business is the narrative we're supposed to accept. But when you go back and look at the facts, 
Well, you have some things that really suggest the exact opposite is true. The Levine says that the so-called January 6th committee is a Politburo type front loaded with radical left Democrats, nobody on there but radical left Democrats, that there's not a single lawyer on that committee staff, not a single representative on that committee staff to raise any objections to what the committee is doing. It is uh, uh, leaks like a sieve when it's appropriate to leak. Back to my notion that leaks are done by liberals. Why would they do leaks, liberals? Because they know the press would pick it up. Uh, they cherry pick, according to Levine, uh, this constitutional committee, the January 6th committee. They cherry pick information. They use texts and emails and put information out to their favorite news organizations. And the favorite news organizations are the CNN, the Hill, the New York Times, the Washington Post. Um, they are violating the Constitution, which we just finished uh, talking about the Supremes basing their decision about Roe versus Wade on, in that there's no constitutional right to an abortion. Yet uh, this committee, according to Levine, uh, the only thing that Congress has is responsibility to legislate and to appropriate. They have no authority what, whatsoever to conduct a criminal investigation, which they claim uh, this is what they're doing with the January 6th uh, insurrection. It is all what we call a kangaroo court. So uh, the committee is undermining all the protections, according to Levine, that a criminal investigation would provide to witnesses, would provide to other people by complaining by claiming it's conducting an investigation under its legislative overview powers uh, to consider legislation for next time when they don't have that power in the first place. Um, they've all said, Liz Cheney, Kinzinger, Thompson, Pencilneck Schiff, they've all said that they're looking for criminal issues to make a criminal referral to the Department of Justice. So this is putting pressure on the Attorney General. It's highly partisan, it is political, and it's all about making sure that they drive a stake. That's the only way you could kill Dracula, you know, is to drive a silver stake into the heart of Dracula. So Levin says that what the January 6th committee is doing is violating the Constitution. And uh, you have a committee of Congress under the cover of legislating, conducting a criminal investigation for people's due process rights, rights to challenge evidence, are being absolutely destroyed while the, their names are being sent to the Department, a Justice Department, to be charged for contempt of Congress. We're not responding to their subpoenas and testimony, which are illegal in the first place. And this is, according to Levine, a huge setup, absolutely un-American. And it is an attempt that right now seems to be going unchallenged to criminalize politics. There are no offenses, according to Levine, that Trump has committed. And how does he say, how does Levine say he knows? Because Trump is the most investigated man on the face of the earth by all kinds of authorities. You think about it. I don't know of anybody who's been more investigated. Um, finally, they rolled up the sidewalk on the New York grand jury and said, you know, we got to go home. We can't find anything on this guy. We had two prosecuting attorneys in New York quit. You know, it, it's, um, you know, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. You've had a, here's, here's what you've had so far on Trump. You've had a special counsel. He came up with nothing. We have Russian collusion. We know that Clinton was the one who created that. We have uh, the Democrat National Committee, the law firms of Perkins, Coy, and their lawyers. They were involved in the 2020 election. You have Zuckerberg and all the uh, uh, millions and, uh, and all the money, private money has been pumped in by the Zuckerbergs and the Zoroses, all of which goes to heavy Democrat areas 
gives out grants to these local officials. Kim Barton got a huge grant from Zuckerberg. Absolutely unexamined, unaccounted for. All this is the real criminal activity in the country. We're going to run out of time here, but this is this is the story. That's the real criminal activity. That's the show for today. What's God Files. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you don't ever make a stupid answer to why the kids cat stepped into the pit of the empty flower pot. Have a great day. Award old command center out.